0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Christ is in our midst. Christ is in our midst. We say that, offer that greeting, especially before uh, we preach, but this is a greeting that we may hear often from one another, Christ is in our midst. And when we think about this, Everywhere we read in Scripture, whether it be direct, like we read today, or indirect, as we understand or we infer or we spiritually see, Christ is indeed in our midst. He was in the midst, as we read and heard in the Gospel, of a number of people who were there to not just hear Him, not just see Him, but to be in His presence. And so as we often see and understand, in particular in reading Scripture, there is a physical but also a spiritual dimension. So spiritually, we understand, and the fathers of the church throughout the history of the church pointed that there was a much deeper meaning to these gospel passages these scripture passages. But we also see a very immediate need, understand a very immediate need that each and every one of us can understand. They, they were hungry. And we also see in, in here in the other, in, in one of the other gospels, they, they were tired. They, they had been there for a long period of time to listen and to hear the Lord. We hear 5,000 and some of the, the interpreters of Scripture say it was more like 10,000 and maybe more, including the families. So there was quite a few people there. There's probably no more than a couple hundred here today, and I have to have a microphone because there's no way within an hour I could continue to project when this place is full, I have to have a microphone and you have to have speakers to hear me. Imagine 10,000 people to hear the Lord. So there's much… there's something much deeper there, obviously. There's, there's more than just the words. There… there is a spiritual dimension. But we first start with a physical need. They were hungry. And so we hear from this gospel that our Lord gives direction. He he is, among other things that we know him as, he's a leader. And the disciples look to him for guidance. And so he gives them guidance. And he says that This, they said to him, this is a lonely place, the day is now over, send the crowds away to go to the villages and buy food for themselves. And Jesus said, they need not go away, you give them something to eat. So there's a number of teachings that we can receive from this gospel passage, but there's just a few I want to highlight today. First of all, as an aside, and I didn't want to go deeply into this, but the fathers of the church, and it should be clear to us, those of us who are in a Eucharistic confession of faith, that this is an expression and a teaching of the Eucharist, because he blessed it, he broke it, he gave thanks, he blessed and broke, and then he distributed. And oftentimes, people will come to me and say… How in one chalice do you distribute communion to so many? And some Sundays, we have five, six, seven hundred people here. And even in one chalice that we distribute, and they're still left over. They're still left over. The Lord is not exhausted, as the prayer says. The Lord, we don't exhaust, we don't run out of the Lord. He is everywhere, in every place at all times, filling all things the Holy Spirit, we say. So, they see in this the Eucharist, but the Lord gives a, a very, very direct, uh, very, very strong directive. You give them something to eat. And so, the disciples, well, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? There's, there's just five loaves and two fish and, and it's, it's obviously going to be impossible for us to be able to take what, what we found, and we don't know that, that maybe one of the disciples had a loaf of bread, maybe it was someone that came forward and said, I've got some food. Maybe they went and searched a long period of time to find this and bring it back. I mean, we, don't, we don't understand or know any of that, but it was, what we do know, a very limited amount of food. So, the first thing that we take from this is our Lord says to the disciples, and for us, we should hear this message, you give them something to eat. If people are hungry, either physically, and that's something that's easy for us to grasp, uh, we have a wonderful ministry here where we prepare our food and we take it to Austin Street Center just one night a, one night a month. And there's, what, 400 people there or something last week when we went. You give them something to eat. They, they wouldn't have food if, if we didn't respond to the command of our Lord to take them, give them, bring them something to eat. The next thing that I want to point out here is there were five loaves and two fish. Imagine if the disciple said, I'm sorry, there's nothing here. There's nothing to give them. Listening, is there anything? There's 5,000 people there, or 10,000 people possibly. Someone had to have something to eat. So you have to have something in order, bring something, in order for the Lord to multiply it in this case. He multiplied it. There has to be something, you know you, we, those of you who are mathematicians know zero times zero is what? Zero. Right? So you have to, you have to have something in order to have something that the Lord can multiply. So this is also a message of stewardship. This isn't a a stewardship moment, but it is. Because we think sometimes, what do we have to give? They need so much. Not just the church, but Everybody needs so much, what can I give? Either financially, or our time especially, it seems that so much today, that there's less and less time that people can give. I don't, there's, there's no change in the accounting of time to my knowledge, I mean, I think it's still 24 hours in the day, seven days a week, I think the time's still the same but there's not enough time to do things. And I I say this all the time, no pun intended. I say it all the time. I, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to serve. You give them something to eat. Not just food, not just financial resources, but your time. It's something that we bring. And we should do so not as a, in a sense of obligation, or in a sense of, I can't do this, or in a sense of frustration, or in a sense of, if they do what I want them to do, I will bring this, or a sense of qualification. All these things are not what this gospel is saying. What we should do is to bring whatever we have with gratitude, with thanksgiving, because — and this is the third point — everything that they brought that day, five loaves and two fish, and everything that we bring, our time, our talent, our resources, our food, is not ours to begin with. You know, we hear this and it doesn't sink in. We don't have any need. We think we do, and at times there might be that we have some needs, but we have an abundance. It's how we take what we have and what we do with it, with gratitude, sharing others. That this gospel passage reminds us that even a very little, five and two, seven items are multiplied to feed over 10,000 people, and there were some left over. So our Lord wants us to know and teach us through this gospel passage, number one, it's us, you give them something to eat. There are people around us all the time that are in need of both physical food and spiritual food. They are starving. We can see it in the world today how people are starving. They're starving for the truth. They're starving for the truth of Jesus Christ. The the feast that we just celebrated yesterday, the Feast of the Transfiguration, the disciples that went up there, Peter, James, and John, but by extension all the disciples that had been around the Lord. If if you look at where the place of of the, the transfiguration occurred, it was just a short period of time before this that this miracle of the feeding had taken place. And then a short time before that, that there was another healing. And in both instances before that, the disciples didn't quite get it right. They didn't quite understand in the healing about prayer and fasting, and and in the feeding of the 5,000 about how possibly can we, how possibly are we able to feed all these people? They didn't quite understand. But then they went, and the Lord was transfigured. The Lord revealed the fullness of His glory, even for a short period of time. And even in that instant, even in that moment, the disciples, that they couldn't hardly even look at Him. They understood. And yet, even after that, they went back to their daily life. And we hear even in one of the later Gospels where the Lord, just before He ascended, said, some of them got it, but some yet doubted. You see, this is, this is the time we're in between When the Lord revealed Himself on that mountain until the time when He reveals Himself fully in His second coming. And there are going to be times when each and every one of us gets it and times when we don't, just like the disciples. But if we remind ourselves, if we seek out the teaching and the wisdom through the fathers of the church that interpreted interpreted what was in Scripture, we can see the plan, the the, the roadmap, the, the guidance for us, for us to live a more full and abundant life. So that we too, when we are tired and hungry, just like this crowd this day, we too will be fed, we will be nourished, we will be filled completely and fully, and there will be so much left over by receiving, by taking in, by being fed, by the radiant glory of Jesus Christ, just as those disciples were on that day on that mountain. So may our transfigured Lord, as we say, who revealed himself on Mount Tabor in front of the apostles and disciples, may this same Lord fill us. May he strengthen us and guide us so that we too may bring what little we have with gratitude so that we can be fed and we can help to feed others all the days of our life. Amen.